don't get here without things starting a long time ago. So, two soldiers and a nurse found ourselves in... Amsterdam. We formed a pact, and we swore to protect each other, no matter what. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Back here, the main feed of Mad About Movies for another week. We're in mid-October now as we round out 2022, fellas. Finally, we're rounding out the year, and it's been kind of a mediocre year, to be quite honest with you. I'm I'm kind of feeling, you know, slightly pessimistic about about 2022 as as a year in cinema, but we still have... A long way to go, that is for sure. A lot of movies still left to come, and we're starting to see some of the awardsy type movies being sprinkled in here uh, throughout the you know October, November. This is really, really when we start to see some limited release stuff. Some, um, you know, maybe some movies that people think are good. You know, they'll hold to the end. And so uh, here we are to discuss one of the ones that people thought were good. Enough to uh, fund $80 million towards it. And that is Amsterdam. That'll be the movie of the week this week. We'll get to that uh, just a little bit later. But um, how are you doing, Brian, Richard, uh, as we as we get into October? We're talking horror movies on the VIP feed this entire month. And Brian is leading us through our conversation of The Thing a little mm-hmm. bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Brian, are you enjoying your rewatch of horror movies? I didn't expect that to be a, a thing we'd want to do, but here we are. Uh, it's been a good one. Uh, I'll I'll save my my overall views of the thing for for our main feed episode, or excuse me, our throwback episode. If you want to be a part of that, MadaboMoviesPodcast dot com slash VIP. But I love the thing. I I think it's a great. I think it's a great movie. So I you know there's. I would say that my I'm never going to enjoy horror movies. I think that. Uh, as I've said in the Discord recently, I think that that horror movie enthusiasts um, underestimate how much non-horror movie enthusiasts don't enjoy uh, horror movies. There's always like, ah, you'll like this one. And you're like, nope, and I don't. I that freaks me out. I don't. I don't like to be. I like to sleep at night. Huh. And uh, it's like I you either like that feeling or you don't. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So there's no amount I, I of quality say, that will. Right, right. Uh, there's there's a. I think there's probably an expanded pool of 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 scary movies, horror movies that I that I enjoy, and uh, and we're watching, we're, we're doing several of them in in the VIP this uh, this year, this month. So uh, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed Spooky Season a little bit, and uh, and watching some like uh, you know kid friendly quote unquote scary movies with Coop. It's been kind of fun this year. Big goosebumps. Gonna- uh, yeah, retrospective. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of Disney ones. Um, Are yeah, Lar- like is Lars von Trier considered horror? I don't know. Uh, no, that's okay. I think that's actually a documentary. But, okay. um at least that's what Cooper told <laughs> me. But, uh, it's a lifestyle. Most of <laughs> yeah, it's there. there it is. Von Trier Nation. Yeah, <laughs> von Trier up. Uh, but the <laughs> von Trier strong gets it's pretty pretty rough actually. Yeah, but, uh, I don't yeah. Go there. 
But uh, yeah, even like I think we're gonna watch Ghostbusters for the first time this year with him. And nice, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm I don't I'm not uh, overly enthusiastic about uh, about about spooky season and Halloween and all that sort of stuff. But it is uh, it's been it's been good so far. It's been fun. I sound bad, but Richard sounds worse. So I don't know. Good luck, Kent. This is gonna be <laughs> this may be a tough one today. I don't know. We talked about the ring on a a couple weeks yeah. ago for the 20th yeah. anniversary. Richard and I. And we we're just talking about like if, with horror movies in general. I think there's just a synapse in your brain mm-hmm. that has to go off, and if it never goes off, I think you're just gonna be hate them forever, for sure. Yeah. And like one day for me, I think I just woke up and watched a, a horror movie, and it, it didn't scare me. But mm-hmm. growing yeah. up, I I hated going to them. We went to them all the time with friends, but I never wanted to be the one like, you know, I'll hold off, guys. You guys go, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. So yeah. I saw a ton of them. Um, but there was never like one movie that turned me on, on horror movies. It was just like something in my brain that snapped and and now I can, I can watch them all and they don't, they have yeah. no effect on me. I'm, I'm completely numb to, <laughs> to them. So I don't know sure. if that's bad or good. That, the fact that I have no, no emotion at all. I, I consider I, it good. You know, I think it just shows the difference in our brains. I mean, I think that's like a math is like that. I think it's like higher learning math. You can be, you can hard, you can be a hard worker, you can try your hardest. You can do all the study guides and all that sort of stuff. But I, I think for a lot of people, it either clicks or it doesn't when you get into that, that higher level of, of math. And I think it's similar with, with horror movies. You're either really into it or you're not. And you know, your reasons for that are, are, and, and, and you're, you're totally right too, Richard. It's like, I think some people really enjoy that, that feeling of discomfort. And, right. uh, and, and I do not, I do not like that. So. But, uh, but there's a, like, like I said, there's a, there's a handful that's, uh, that click the right boxes for me and work really well as movies. Um, my, my, my weekly recommend this week is going to be horror related or at least spooky related. I don't know. Uh, and so I, you know, I can enjoy, I can enjoy a selection, uh, from, from that, uh, over, that, that whole genre. It's just not overall a big, big fan. The only genre that really makes me, uh, uncomfortable is um or one of the only times I remember being uncomfortable recently was did you guys watch Titan? No, I heard enough to know yeah. this is not for me. Like yeah. that kind of stuff, I I can't. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. body um horror, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I don't sure. know there's a term for it, but I'll just go. I'll just say that. But yeah, that that stuff's pretty rough. So I do have my limits, but all that to say, smile is uh still number one at the box office two weeks yeah. in a row and it's a movie that cost i think they said 15 million and it yeah. made more than that on its opening weekend mm-hmm. and it's already made 53 million wow uh, domestically so good good on them fun fun marketing campaign that yeah. kind of went viral of them just sticking people in the backgrounds of live shots at places i thought that was the I, I like that an too. I thought easy, that was cool. Yeah, an easy way to promote the movie and, and certainly worked. And so people want to be scared this time of year, guys. Who would have thought that? Mm-hmm. Who yeah. would have thought that like yeah. releasing a scary movie in mid-October would be a good idea and, and you'd make money off that <laughs> idea? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not a movie. That's not a real thing, is it? Coop, Coop loved it, man. He was oh, you guys so went? Weird. I didn't go because uh, that was Friday night. We all hung out for the first time 
I maybe since pre-COVID, we all, all three of us were, oh, were all together. You, Friday they night. went when, uh, when yeah, we were Yeah, so together. Lindsay, Lindsay took him, uh, took him out while we were, uh, while we were out. And, uh, but man, he was, he got home and he was like, dad, I really think you're going to like this movie. And as soon as it's available on Plex, we have to watch it together. And I was like, okay. Well, I really think you're going to, dad, well, this, this isn't like a normal dad. This is different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a sing- this is Sean Mendez as a crocodile dad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I need to You've say more? Literally, never seen this before, my like, guy. Like, I don't need to have to sell this to you <laughs> any more than that. Like that, that just seems like a like a fake SNL, like yeah, a that's... weekend, like a what a fake commercial, doesn't it? Sean Mendez is the yeah. singing crocodile. <laughs> I sent you guys a clip from it. I was, this does not. This seems. Imagine being the animator that had to. Yeah. Had to CG the singing crocodile. Well, I'll report back as soon as it pops up. It only made a million dollars, or no, actually, it made it's made thirteen so far. Okay, but yeah, didn't How it didn't do too well. Them? I think it only made like four million. Yeah, uh, something like that. But so all that to say, <laughs> Amsterdam Oof. came out. Whoopsie! Uh, this past weekend, <laughs> it's made a total of. We want to take a guess. Uh, domestically, yeah, uh, I know. So I should, I can't guess. I saw. Yeah, I it's know been on almost almost a third, week at this point. So, uh, eight million dollars. Wow, that was a good guess. It's seven point two. It's made seven million dollars, but it only costs like a million bucks. So <laughs> <laughs> total, it's uh made ten. So it's Oof. pulled in a, a whopping three from literally everywhere else in the entire world yeah. so far. But with the volatility of the market currently, I mean, that could, you never know. That 10 could be 80, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to spin. This is a movie that I, I guess we can start here. This is a movie that cost $80 million hmm. in budget and then apparently another 15 to 20 in in promo and marketing uh, for this. So it looks, looks like almost $100 million uh, loss that they're at right now. Know, you know, got a got a long way to go here, but it doesn't look like it's going to pick up any steam <laughs> based on conversations that people have, word of mouth, people leaving the theater, all that kind of stuff. I, I assume it'll drop significantly in the amount of theaters it's going to be in after this weekend. So if you can even see this one after after we do this podcast, I'll be I'll be impressed. I'll, I'll, I, mm-hmm. I really will. But I want to get y'all's thoughts on. The David O. Russell of 2022, because I know we've talked about uh, his movies in the past, uh, right. I guess, a few of them. But um, what's your updated 2022 David O. Russell opinion, Brian? Um, Before this movie, going in. As far as a filmmaker goes, I, I think I've said on, on the show previously, maybe maybe when we did American Hustle... I think I have felt in the past like he is capable of making a great movie and it's just not there yet. Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter, American Hustle, all three have moments of greatness, have great performances um, and and feel like they are a director kind of on the precipice of of really figuring it out and, and making like like a truly like a great movie. Um, but not quite coming through on that. And that frustrates me a lot because it, it, it seems like he's somebody who professionally gets in his own way. 
Yeah. And that that's that's obnoxious. It 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 would be I think what I've decided though, not just with this movie, but even with Joy, which was gosh, seven years ago. Um I think that I mean this dude is is it's not he's not young, you know. I mean he's like he's he's like sixty. So I don't think it's gonna happen. Sixty four, Brian. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think in my head, I've sort of treated him as a director who is is still sort of young in his in his career, and I just I think that my opinion of that has changed over the last ten years or so. Um, not even just with this movie, but like uh, again with 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 Joy. Um, and then personally, he's a horrific person, and so and like maybe a predator. Like yeah. I mean, there's. There's being an a-hole and a, and a bad person. That's most people in, in this industry and always say that, you know, you should always just assume that everybody is, is, is a terrible person. Um, but then there's, there's a difference between being, you know, a, a righteous jerk and, um, being a potential, like a legitimate predator. And, and I think, um, <laughs> I think, maybe we're leaning the that way um with him now. I think this might be his last movie to be honest with you. I think I think yeah, that feels like this it. cast probably I didn't know about the the allegations against him <clears throat> and and the kind of confession um until recently or I had forgotten about it or I don't know. It's 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 hard to to keep up with all that stuff. I have to believe that that a good chunk of this cast signed on for this movie Knowing that this is a jerk that I'm going to be working with, but it, but not knowing, um, I'm working with somebody who is a potential, uh, or a legitimate predator. And, and, uh, that's a, it's a big, it's a big difference. And then to add to that, Hey, we lost a hundred million dollars making your movie, big guy. And, um, it underperformed so poorly with, with critics. I mean, we're talking about a 33% movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, I, I would, I know Hollywood is a world where we love to give out second and third and 12 chances and stuff. I'm not sure that this, that he's going to get a legitimate, uh, I mean, I'm sure he can make a movie that, you know, pops up at Redbox or something. Um, but I, I don't know that he's getting another mainstream movie at this point in his career. And I don't, I don't know that he deserves it either. So sorry, that was a little long winded, but he's always frustrated me, um, as, he he's always frustrated me professionally and knowing that he's just a terrible person personally um doesn't make me want to extend much much grace his way professionally if that makes sense and so yeah um now that we're in this this spot it's just like okay i think we're probably done with that personally uh, but but that's me i don't know what about you richard where are you at yeah, he's someone that uh, I had like Huckabees and even Three Kings to an extent kind of foisted upon me a lot mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. younger and I didn't really ever get either one. I mean, I, I got them, I understood what they were trying to do, but I didn't really understand the appeal much. And then um, then he does The Fighter and Silver Linings and Hustle and he becomes, I think, a pretty interesting – He to me, he kind of lives up to his own hype there. Mm. He's definitely something that it's bizarrely that actors flock to, even though he seems to abuse many of them Mm -hmm. um, on set. But there's something to that. I think he's someone that operates in chaos as kind of his, you know, you think about there's that movie he had out the same year as Joy. Remember the one that like he abandoned for 
he abandoned yeah, yeah, the rom-com with like Jessica Biel. Love, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like he operates on this, on this razor's edge where it can all blow up really easily, or it could be something interesting like hustle or American hustle, something like that. That is kind of a frantic, crazy movie, but, but does come together. It seems like that's almost what he's interested in doing is like stretching everything to its limits um, including himself, the actors, the experience on set, the looseness or lack thereof of plot or screenplay, and then by kind of sheer will and and skill or something. You know what I mean? It seems like that's what mm-hmm. he gets off on mm-hmm. doing. Um, and so he has these kind of blow ups. I this movie, you know, so that's kind of where I am with him. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, apparently he's awful, and then yeah, this, these new allegations that come out are are pretty heinous, and I've never seen you know. Doesn't ever seem like he's been a, a great dude even before this. So, um, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, um, just, you know, give, give, give him any credit on these, but I do think he's made a couple good movies and I, I sure. was kind of starting to get him, mm-hmm. um, pre joy. Joy too was like, okay, that seems like what kind of a what's the point kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's okay. That exists. Like what was, you know, but and then this, you know, I was kind of interested in this just because of the cast. I didn't even know. Well, I'll, I'll get into this later. But Kent, what about you with with David O. Russell? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. In I never think his writing's think he, that good. People love his scripts. Yeah, I, I never really have. I think Silver Linings Playbook is is kind of a beatdown. Yeah, I've never really really been a fan of that one, and that one seems to be the one that that most people go back on actually i you know i liked american hustle a lot i mean i've said it on on the pod we've done an episode uh so i think that was probably his peak of of what you said richard that frantic energy that uh you know maybe doing needle drops doing a period movie all the kinds of things that he likes to do working with a big big cast and the oscar nominations and all that kind of stuff It, it all it all clicked with with american hustle i actually really like three kings i a lot of people do. I just want to go back to uh, maybe just because there's not a lot of Operation Desert Storm movies that are that are good. Maybe it's just because it's Clooney and in kind of a a different role and yeah. with Ice Cube, you know, you don't really see him doing doing stuff with Ice Cube and and Jamie Kennedy too much. So uh, you know, that's always always interesting. But yeah, that one's. I just remember I've seen that one like so many times growing up. I mean, gosh, that was that was a big yeah. player in the. Uh, the high school scene, but yeah, the fighter, of course. And I actually really liked joy uh, a lot more than, than some. I remember really liking the editing on that one and thought it was a, it was really interesting way to go about that. It it, it didn't come together again in the end, but I appreciated the approach, I guess. And this one, I guess I understand the approach. I don't know if I can appreciate it though. Uh, the approach seeming to be, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, let's just gather up as many of my buddy stars that'll mm-hmm. say yes to this thing as possible and, and make this thing happen. Because mm-hmm. this thing written, directed by by David O, doesn't seem to be inspired by really anything other than his own volition of <laughs> this would be fun to do. Let me go see if I can get this thing funded. When you do a period movie, it feels like setting this movie in whenever they did the 1930s or whatever uh mm. it, it you're automatically adding 50 million dollars to the to the budget to to, yeah. to do that yeah. so 
you're taking a $20 million, $30 million movie and, and turning it into an $80 million movie. So it's significantly riskier to do, to, to do it that way. Mm-hmm. So he had to convince them to do that. It's just, I've got a lot, to, I guess a lot to, to say. I don't want to get, get too far before we, we get general mm-hmm. thoughts because I want to get y'all's, y'all's thoughts on, generally on Amsterdam first. So let's start with Richard. Yeah, on Amsterdam. I mean, this is something I, I was interested in because the cast – Trailer was kind of seemed like it was a murder mystery. And then I'm actually, as I get in, as I started watching this, um, I didn't realize it had like the business plot and stuff, um, which I've always been kind of interested in that whole um, story. So, uh, you know, I kind of got peaked and was like, oh, this could be cool. I don't care if people aren't liking this. Like, I, this mm-hmm. is a really interesting story. There's a lot you can do here, all of that. But just everything about it was so oddly, almost Stepford Wivesy unhinged. Just the way the actors looked and spoke. A lot of it was the way it was shot too, with those mm-hmm. kind of front facing, those front cameras, just kind of always kind of um, shifting in a weird way. Yeah. It was like a little per- spinny camera too. Yeah, it was kind of set. Yeah. It was built to kind of make you, I think, feel uneasy, and it did. Not in a not in a good way. Um, and I just thought that the the dialogue i don't know if it was the dialogue or the way he directed these actors but it was so kind of community theater um and mm. and over the top and silly like laugh out loud <laughs> like i thought it was gonna be i mean i loved it by the way one of the best theater experiences i've had this year it's a, it's the <laughs> ultimate example of f minuses are always better than c minuses <laughs> um it, it was i was maniacally laughing um a lot because it just was so I kept thinking surely no there's going to be a twist that reveals why everyone is like seemingly like a snow globe figurine Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you know Margot Robbie especially a great actress she's so bad in this like Mm. like it's unbelievable it's it's almost purposeful so it's got to be the direction um yeah so totally bizarre 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 it continues the trend of if you put Chris Rock and Taylor Swift in your movies, even if you have all the other stuff around it, it's just bad juju. I don't know why. Those, <laughs> Chris Rock can't catch a break. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Rock shouldn't have done Cats. I mean, that's what really. Yeah, that's what it was. Really killed that one. It was. Absolutely. The, uh, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Brian, with your general thoughts and I'll, I'll hit mine too. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was primed for a bad time because. When they moved this up a couple weeks, that was my first indication of like, oh, okay. So this went from, hey, we think we're winning Oscars with this to, well, let's just let's just slide this in before all the horror movies uh, touch down. Um, <laughs> kind of figured maybe we were in for a bad time at that point. And then, I mean, I don't ever, I've said many times, I don't ever read a review or anything like that before I see a movie at this point. But I, I'm usually vaguely aware of like the Rotten Tomato score. Just, you know, because you just, it's hard to avoid and in, in doing what we do. And, and sure. But so I figured we were probably in for a bad time. Um, and then for like the first like five or 10 minutes, I was like, this is interesting. Like, I'm not yeah. totally sure what's going on yet, but I can maybe see how I'm going to zag on this a little bit. Mm. And then the, the rest of the movie happened. I was like, oh, no, no, no. This is, this is, uh, 
I don't know what is happening with with this. I'm I wasn't laughing out loud, enjoying myself. I think like you you maybe did, Richard, um, enjoying the badness of it. I just was. I think if you had like a camera on my face, like uh, the Shia LaBeouf theater thing or whatever, it would have just been like squinched face the whole time, like just like kind of one eye at the screen. Like what? I just had the hardest time understanding what's happening how we made the decisions that we made for this movie and, and just where this, where everything went wrong through the process of this. And you're totally right, Richard. I think the thing that has made him David O. Russell successful more than to me, more than, more than anything else by the widest of margins is he is an actor's director. He gets he gets good or great performances. I mean, I think you can go down the line of those movies that we mentioned and I can say, I don't love American hustle, but gosh, there are some awesome performances in that. And I don't love silver linings playbook, but the top five actors in that movie, including Chris Tucker are great. And, uh, and you, you can kind of go down the list there. And then when you get to this, I think Bale's pretty great, but it's like he's in a completely different movie from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and you there's at a certain point, especially when, as you mentioned off the top, Kent, you've assembled like fifteen names for this thing, and almost all of them are bad to very yeah. bad. Um, that's the director. I just yeah. I don't think there's any other no, way totally. to put it. It's it's fully on the director and and to your point too richard like god what the heck are we doing with the camera um i just it's it's like it was almost like watching an like an inside joke unfold over the course of two hours and never never getting cued in on what the joke is it was such an odd experience it kind of had the feeling the tone of don't look don't look up remember that one yeah yeah, definitely. It kind of sure. had that that awkward energy, but yeah. you're waiting for the shoe to drop in that one, which it does, <laughs> and it never it, it never fully does here. Oh, this is an interesting one because there's really nothing on the page of note. <laughs> like it, mm. it really feels like movies should have a point. <laughs> at the end of the day, this felt like the cinematic equivalent of an old dude. Like going and visiting and doing volunteer work at a at an elderly home and sitting with an old dude and he just starts telling a story mm-hmm. that goes nowhere and and he gets it gets to the end and you're just and he's like yeah and that that's what happened you're like okay and there's no cool, points there's no yeah. Yeah. thesis there's no here's how this could apply <laughs> to your life it's just a story that happened it, yeah. it really kind of so, has that feeling to it. I didn't know that John David Washington could be so wooden in a movie. It was almost impressive (laughs) how non-charismatic he was in this thing. It had a strange, almost Wes Anderson-y feel to it. Yeah, it was And I don't know why that is. You mentioned it kind of with the, the cartoony almost play level dialogue mm-hmm. and i think wes anderson and and roman coppola do that that dialogue on purpose and it's sure. right it, it works right for 
for what they're doing. But when you have that music to the dialogue, it, it can really just bomb or, or really work. And it just does not apply well to David O. Russell's style. I like Emmanuel Lebeski as a cinematographer. I like him a lot. Um, you know, he's, he is, uh, Inuritu's guy. Yeah. So Birdman and, and the Revenant and, and, and all that stuff. It just don't know why he decided to shoot this one. He hasn't worked in a long time. I don't know why he's like coming out of retirement to, to, to do this one. Maybe because it's a, it's a period movie. I don't know. Um, it added a weird, unnecessary surrealism to this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the dialogue, not the dialogue, the voiceover, totally unnecessary, added nothing. It shifts between perspectives multiple times for no reason between Valerie, Margot's character, and and Bert, Christian's character. And, and you really do feel like it's going to pull back at the end and be like, and that's how I met your mother, kids. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. And it never, never really <laughs> pulls back and tells you why this is all happening and, and what mm-hmm. it all means. Listen, guys, it's like it at the end of the day, you know, what what's the difference between a, a garage sale painting and something that's at the Met? You know? They're both yeah. well, yeah. they're they're both paint paint on a canvas sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes the colors mix well sometimes they don't and it should have been very evident i'm sure it was evident as soon as they sat down to edit this thing it's like oh okay well this isn't gonna work well gotta finish it anyway put it out but absolutely on the page like seriously on the page there's no story here there's no tension there's no it's silly I, silly. I i have a lot of issues with the direction but like if you just took this this screenplay to a studio and said man, you got to read this. I'd be like, okay, yeah, it was a screenplay, but there's, right, there's really nothing right. interesting in, in here. <laughs> well, uh, it's him trying absolutely. to be funny and he's not funny. Yes. It gave me, I'm glad you brought up Some Wes Zemeckis Anderson. vibes. Right. It gave me, I mean, I love Wes Anderson. It gave me even more appreciation for, for Wes Anderson. Yeah. It, this feels like, this feels like a student film knockoff of a Wes Anderson movie yeah. that somehow got all these actors involved again, almost like a bit. It's, it's, it's very strange. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Can it, the, the, the green lighting of this movie hinges on, well, this this is David O. Russell. He's, he's a, he's a great writer, great director. So he'll, uh, He'll make this thing work with a great cast. Obviously, this is a win-win. In in what? Like absolutely not. Like it doesn't. It doesn't hit that mark. Who did he uh, answer to on this thing? Right? I don't, it doesn't feel like Lily Tomlin. Probably. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, got pretty, no. Christian Bale's a producer. Christian Bale's the yeah. star, so it, it feels like he can get Christian Bale at any time. You know, we talked about this. They with said they've been working on this for five years. Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. it's like, hey, Dave, you know, David's been working on this. He's like, hey, I've got this. I'm writing this character for you. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Let me know. I'll, oh, yeah. Give me producer credit. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then that's all you need to go around Hollywood saying, oh, do you want to be in the new David O. Russell movie starring Christian Bale? Yeah. Sounds great. And then you get Margot Robbie and then. Chris, Chris Rock hears about it and he wants to be involved. And then Anya's like, yeah, I'll do that. Mike, Mike, you know, it, that's all it takes. And so yeah. that's all they had and that's all they needed. But like at the end of the day, 
all this effort needs to be worth something. There needs to be like a product at the end that you can, you can say, guys, this is what, this is what we are all busting our ass for because we Mm -hmm. all believed in this. And it felt like no one in this movie that's speaking a line knows what they're saying. Like no one's speaking with any conviction whatsoever. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Or way too much in some senses. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's it, it's a weird and and the la, of course the last people to ever know that these kind of things are bad ideas to release wide are movie studios somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. That's always funny too. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I think Christian Bale though he just got because he said I wrote this and you get to play another guy with a glass eye and do that mm-hmm. I do the eye trick you can do and Christian Bale was like I'm in. Yeah, every every seventh movie <laughs> I want to be able to move my one eye opposite yeah. the other. Yeah. No, I don't think that the I don't think that the stink of this movie will stick on any of the the, no, the actors. Won't. Um maybe maybe Washington to to a little bit. Like uh Lindsay, we came out and she I mean, you know, she she doesn't see as many movies as we do. She doesn't pay as much attention all this sort of stuff. And she's seen she saw him in Tenet, but she didn't really remember it and she was just at, midway through the movie. She, I could see she's on her phone looking him up, trying to figure out who he is. And she just was like, I can't believe that that's Tintel's son. And I was like, I was sort of, in, I kind of came to his defense a little bit. Cause I'm like, I think he's better than what he was in that movie. And uh, also, he doesn't have a lot of very, charisma, though. Yeah. He's, he's not good. Sure. Tintel. I mean, he's a good no, actor, he's not but good he's that's not an unfair yeah. comparison. Yeah, yeah, but he's not even Steve Buscemi in terms of no, charisma. It's, it's, like, he has. But he's yeah. devoid of it. He's a yeah. good actor. He'll be have a fine career. He's can be good in things, but like there is right. no charm to that guy somehow. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, he's also, he's still very new at this, you know I mean? He was a f- football player until very recently, but, but the point, my point is, I don't know. He, he's the only one that I would, if I'm the agent, I'm a, maybe a little bit worried about this, this kind of sticking to the rest of, of this cast is going to move on just fine. It's all going to be stuck on, on the director. And I think rightly so. I, I that's a, that's a no brainer. 99% blame to me. It's, it's, this is just so poorly, poorly done. And we're 10 years, right, he's 10 like, years in acting. Po- he can be better. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. If the tone, if, if some of this lands, then this is a different story, but mm. like, how are we making it land? Cause you know, there's not any, there's very few good jokes. The setups are not very good. The, the freaking camera work is so weird and, and off putting. And all of these characters are wheels off and, and frequently feel like they're in different movies from each other. And, and also just like, Hey, remember character actors? Do you think, you think that might've helped if we could fill some of these spots with, with a guy, with, with people that you're like, Oh, I remember that guy from this show instead of, I don't know, whatever, Timothy Oliphant or, or, uh, uh, even De Niro to Swifty. a degree. It's like, yeah, Swift for sure. I mean, I mean, I like just, Taylor Swift as a, as a singer, but she takes me oh, every time I see her in a so movie, bad. it's like, yeah. that's Taylor Swift yeah, it's, in it's, the 1930s. It's, it's yeah. very kind of weird. It's fine as stunt casting, but like, <laughs> which this is basically stunt casting. So whatever, but the whole movie when, is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much of it. And then, Here's Rami Malek, and I mean, there's a 0% chance that he's not the bad guy from the second he comes on the screen. You're just like, well, it's Rami Malek. He's super weird and creepy. Clearly, this character is going to be turn out to be 
a creepy weirdo. I don't. I just. It was. Mm-hmm. It's so odd. There's just so much. That's why he took the weird role. Stuff going on here. Yeah. He only takes the role if he can be end up right. being. It's like this. This is not weird enough. It's yeah. It's not oh, a twist. Wait, he's like keep reading. Keep reading. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah. will. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah, Zoe Saldana randomly, <coughs> and this is what was Chris Rock doing? What is that character? <coughs> what was the point of that? Does it, did did Russell just be like, man, what if I write this, a character for Chris Rock? Like, I, I he think just he think did. that in the back think, of his I head. Think, I think half the actors in this movie. It's like, what if Chris Rock's in is, this? Yes, I think <laughs> so the I just write some money. What if you have a friend he, that's Chris Rock? That's what it yes. felt like. <laughs> I genuinely, I think half the characters in this movie are only there because it's like. I can fill this with whether he wrote the, that character for Chris Rock or not doesn't really matter. It's just there to be like I can fill this with another name, another person that you're going to recognize for my all-star ensemble cast and there's not really any point to it. I, I don't know. Very strange. I will admit the tone that did work for me was the two characters of Canterbury and Norcross, Michael Shannon and Mike Myers mm. together. Mm. It seemed like that tone was what he was going for, but we only got that for 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it was like this Pink Panther movie kind of underneath this really Oscar Beatty, cringy passion project. Mm-hmm. It's like, just do yeah. the Pink Panther movie. Yeah. Just yeah. do it. Just go that. Yeah. Just go in on it. This movie should could, could have been fun if it was Mike Myers and Michael Shannon's characters. You know more honestly, like that. You, that might have worked, but uh, you know, yeah. Funny is is because I'm with you, Kent. In in the movie, its its um, production title was Canterbury Glass, and so you know, I wonder if some of that stuff got cut out in favor of we got to get T Swift on the screen or whatever. But it doesn't matter. It's what mm-hmm. the end product is. And the end product is so so wheels off. But I agree. I thought Mike Myers was was pretty good yeah. and. Michael Shannon is such an A or F yeah. kind of actor. It's just so, it's very difficult to predict what he's he's gonna do um, or where he's gonna gonna land on on it. But I thought I thought he and Mike worked pretty dang well yeah. together. It seemed um, like he bought they, in on what Myers was yeah. doing. And it's like okay, yeah, I'll do this with you. And those scenes were kind of quick and had mm-hmm. a little bit of life to them. And then so much of the rest of it just didn't. It was very stagnant in other places. It. it if if you would have told if if I hadn't looked at the runtime going into the movie, and you would have told me you know coming out that hey it's that was uh, three hours and ten minutes long I'm like yeah okay it kind of felt that yeah. long so yeah I, I totally get it they're just I I don't know man I think that's what that's maybe that's, that's an example of character you, actors though because that's basically what Mike Myers is at this point that's true yeah you're yeah. you know he, that's how Shannon he is works kind of the, the only way he can kind of exist anymore mm-hmm. yeah. And that you're right. That's yeah. the best part. So odd, man. It's just what a weird experience. It had also. It reminded me of the Monuments Men. Remember that yeah. one? It for me, my biggest things were. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Brothers Bloom, that Ryan Johnson movie that he mm-hmm. did uh, right before Looper, I think. Um, it was like that told through the lens of Wes Anderson, but with obviously no substance to it. It was just a very, I don't know, very strange thing. What if you did Knives Out, set it in the 1930s, took away ben, Benoit Blanc, uh-huh. and, and all the charm. All like. the, yeah. 
And we're only going to tell you one third of the story and you have to figure it out the rest uh, for yourself. We're going to do none of it in order. Yeah. I just didn't, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. It's, it's hard for me even to say, Hey, you took a big swing and it's a big swing. It's a miss, but it, you know, Hey, you took a big swing. It's it. It doesn't even feel like, Oh, this was an ambitious project that didn't quite land. It feels like a lot of really poor choices in a row that led to a movie that it should have never borderline nonsense been greenlit based on what yeah. was on the page. In my opinion, yes. like I, I can, uh, you know, we talked about uh, "Don't Worry, Darling" a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. That one was basically this same score going in, and mm-hmm. I saw that I was like, "Oh, okay," you know, still still going to have an open mind. Ended up leaving and actually was like, you know what? That was not a train wreck. That was not, in my opinion, a thirty percent train wreck kind of movie. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I understood what they were going for, and it didn't quite work. Here, mm. I don't understand what they're going for, and it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, sure. like I can, I can uh, even probably admit to just one of those. Like, if yeah. it works, yeah. I'll admit it, even if I don't know what they're going for. Like, I'll mm. say it wasn't for me, but you know what? This thing freaking works. It's a good movie. Um, Pretty crazy was Regency too that made it. Like, not a huge. Right. They don't normally right. make eighty million dollar movies. They made The yeah. Northman this year, and that so. You know, I don't yeah, know if you want to be a shareholder in them. Barbarian made money though. <laughs> Barbarian made up. That's true. Yeah, some of that, yeah. but but yeah, they did. Yeah, they've had. I a thought of weird, uh, of Don't Worry, time. Darling as well, Kent, and and I, that movie. I think Don't Worry, Darling, Darling, Darling. Goodness gracious, Darling um, frustrates me a lot more because it felt like something that was so close to actually being good, and sure. it's just lazy choices that that ended up kind of wrecking it. This, I, I totally agree. I. There's no world in which this gets made if there's not a studio that wants to be in the David O. Russell business. And whoops, that's a mistake. Um, it also reminded me of, of Brian, I don't yeah. know how you'll feel about this. Aloha. That's the yeah, same production totally. company. Crow. Absolutely. Is same it? Pro- I was just looking oh, at man, all the movies they released. Regency. But also, this is a co-production with Dream Crew, which is Drake's production company. So whoops. L for J for... Uh, for them, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, Aloha is a great, a great call. I mean, it's it's really any Cameron Crow movie post 2006, it kind of reminds me of that, and that it didn't work. <laughs> Please make a good movie again. It's not Please, it. just uh, it, to your point earlier, though, Brian. Enjoy the ones that were great. <laughs> I thought Bale was good in this, too. Uh, but I did too, but I, it's like, I really it's like, dang, it, this sucks. Yeah, so it's like weird, same man. way I felt yeah. about Jennifer Lawrence and Joy. I was like, man, she's great in this, but. It sucks that the end product is so bad because it's not going to get. He's, he's never going to get recognized. Same with mm-hmm. Florence Pugh and Don't Worry, Darling. You know, yes. it's like, yeah. man, that sucks that all that all that effort and talent went to waste in this. Really, mm-hmm. is what it feels like. Because yeah. yeah, it's one of his more, I don't know, fun characters that he's done. I mean, he's done some really really interesting work. Some, I mean, obviously the fighter and some deeper stuff with with Cheney mm-hmm. and stuff. This was the more along the lines of what I like. He seemed like he, he seemed like he was having fun on set. That's always mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Not screaming at yeah. people or like Terminator or something. <laughs> yeah. His, his performance is the only one that seems aligned with what the movie is maybe trying to do. It's even hard for me to say that though. Cause I don't totally get what the movie, but like I said, it, the entire are, plot line with his wife though, is just awful. So, awful. Just stop and, it. Andrew Reisberg was just yeah. terrible. I mean, 
there's a, just a lot of people in this that you've seen be good in other movies and they are not good in this. And um, the way, oh, goodness, I, like I said, there, there are scenes, especially towards the end when kind of the whole cast is assembled for the, uh, the benefit mm-hmm. concert and whatnot. But I'm not, I mean, I'm, I, I sort of already said this, but I'm not kidding. It, it, it really felt like each individual name actor, and there's like 14 of them by that point in the movie, had a different director telling them what to yeah. do. And just, just didn't, man, it didn't make any sense at all. Like it was, oh, it was kind of fascinating in a way, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was something. It was, it was definitely something. Don't see movies like this very often for, uh, myriad reasons. Well, this uh, I think falls on the on the bad side, you know, of things. Way more on the Razzie side than the Oscar side. Just the fact that it's called Amsterdam. They didn't even find that. They didn't even decide that until like the last possible minute. It's like, what are yeah. we going to call? It? Like, there's no <laughs> no direct, no no vision really. Other, other than I'm going to make a movie, movie for three yeah. minutes. Yeah. Other than this is David O. Russell's "Look at Me" uh, project is really, really what it felt yeah. like. Mm-hmm. So, I want to grade this one out. Unless you guys have any, have any other <laughs> good, yeah, other other closing thoughts. Oh, there's one shot that kind of summarized this movie to me. It's when Bale and and Margot and John David are kind of walking together to walk out of their house, walk onto the street. And then the camera just shows their feet walking and then back mm-hmm. to their faces for yes. no reason. For no reason. No yes. reason. It's just showing, oh, here's a shot of their feet walking. Yes. And it's yeah. like, it it makes you seem like, okay, is he trying to Hitchcock us? And it's like, something's going to happen. Yes. Like, okay, yeah. she's going to have a knife in her shoe at some point. And like, there's no reason for that. Literally at all. And so I just I just hate wasted yes. energy, wasted time. And this movie was full of stuff like that. Yes. And it was just a small moment and it was a cool looking shot, but there's no reason for that to be in there other than like, hey, that that light looks really cool the way it's hitting hitting the camera or whatever it is. You know, it just like has no narr- makes no has no narrative need. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's just David O. Russell is oh, really frustrating yeah but there's a lot of stuff like that i mean it it it, you know what the old adage is is you know you're not you don't waste a scene a great script a great movie doesn't waste a scene well i mean we just forget that when every (laughs) shot of the movie every shot in a movie takes time to set up to shoot people are there getting paid there needs to be a reason for it and when there's not i'm sure it's frustrating for people at the end like why did why did we do that? Did that added nothing? Why did we waste time doing that? Yeah, uh, sure. I don't. That's that's his fault. It's wasting. That's wasting money. It's what it's doing. So, gosh, this guy. He's <laughs> man. I went from like it's my favorite movie of the year of American Hustle to like I want. I never want to see this guy ever yeah. know, make a movie again in like less than ten years. So Brian yeah. Brian has it movie draft. Yeah, a tough one for me. Oh, you did. Oh, that is. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I mean this cast and you know. Yeah, no, I get it. Not a, not a bad. I would like, have oh, picked yeah, it if you had. Right. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, but now, Ken, I don't. I don't think we're gonna have to worry about. It. I. I'm not kidding. I really, given everything yeah. here at this point, I. I don't know that he gets another movie. I think that that 
he he's now relegated to 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 Woody Allen kind of self finance figure out if you can get this out there some way uh, you're on your own kind of kind of stuff it's mm-hmm. the allegations against him are, are horrific it's not like I'm a jerk it's I mean it's awful so and he's a jerk too there's a lot and of jerky he's a terrible stuff too. Per- yeah. I mean yeah yeah so and when you I mean it's I don't want to make light of of uh, you know character issues at all or 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 uh you know predatory behavior but we we have to be real that like we this industry is pretty willing to deal with whoever they need to deal with in order to make money and but the second you stop making money the second you you lose that talent or whatever um you're done done and i mean good gracious this is (laughs) to come back after seven years with this uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it goes very well for him. Yeah, you're, you're right. We, we started off this, this conversations like Hollywood is willing to forgive a lot if, if the, the movies are good, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. this, it goes with yeah. kind of all areas of entertainment. You can be controversial, but as soon as you drop a great, a great album, people will love you again. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the songs are great. It's all that really matters, and. And yeah, when the movies stop being great, that's when you got problems. And so, sorry to him, but uh, yeah, it might he might have seemed might seem to have run out of luck at the at this point. So, let's grade this one out. I'm gonna give Amsterdam. Gosh, it's almost F minus 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 territory. Uh, it's it's like F. So I'll go F. What about you, Ryan? I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with a D. I think Bale's performance keeps it. I obviously not afloat, but but from being, I think there's a chance this is still gonna be one of the ten worst movies of the year. But I've definitely seen six or seven worse already. So there's there's space, but uh, big big like what are we doing? Kind of. Uh, kind of a feel here so which we've we've hit at pretty pretty extensively so i'll, I'll go with the d how about you rb i'm not gonna go f minus minus but i'll just go f minus yeah all right there we go there's our grades for amsterdam all right let's uh before we get out of here guys let's hit a quick recommend weekly recommends right, let's start off with you brian what we got sure i'm gonna recommend a show uh that dropped on netflix this weekend I've only been able to watch two or three episodes of it so far, but uh, really, really digging it so far. It's called The Midnight Club. It yeah, is uh, Mike Flanagan's uh, new new joint. Mm-hmm. Last year, Midnight Mass is, I think, genuinely might be the best limited series I've, I've ever seen. I loved that show so much and was so impressed with, with everything that he did with it. I think that uh, his... Uh, Oh goodness! What's the Shining movie? Um, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Yeah. yeah. Really think he did a great job with that. <laughs> like better by the day to me. It's like thought it was very good when we saw it, and and, and it, my my estimation of it has come up higher since since we saw that movie. Uh, anyway, so he's this is another this is his next his new show. It's uh, it revolves around uh, a group of kids in the like mid nineties who are at a uh like a a, a teen ex- exclusively teenage uh like hospice center for their various uh uh 
diseases and whatnot that that they're going to die from. Um, and they're every night they get out of bed, they go into the room and, and into the like the living room area and do scary stories and uh, sort of bond over everything that they're going through. Um, and then also, of course, there is some actual spooky stuff that is happening inside the house. So there's like a connection to you know, ghosts or spirits from the past or something like that. Uh, but so far pretty well done. Um, it's not as good as midnight mass, uh, but that's, that's an unfair, uh, unfair comparison to, uh, to put on it. All the kids are pretty, pretty good. And it's, it's a good combo of, um, spooky without leaving me in a place where I'm crying in the corner or something. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I dig it. I think you'd like it. Can't, uh, probably you as well, Richard, you and Sarah. Would probably dig it, uh, but uh, yeah, so far, nice. so far, so good with uh, with Midnight Club. Awesome! I'm excited. I didn't know if it was too young adulty or what. It's definitely teenage oriented, um, which uh, is fine. Lindsay either. loves that stuff. Like anything that's based in a high school, Lindsay's all in on. Um, so it's something we'll watch together, which is nice. But uh, but it's not it's not annoying me yet with its high schoolness. So that's usually the the thing it's she, she loves high school shows and high school movies. And I'm usually, I get pretty annoyed with them pretty quickly. Um, so this is, uh, it, right now it's striking the right balance. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it has a couple, I mean, it has some jump scares in the first couple episodes and some like pretty, pretty creepy looking stuff that pops up. Um, but the, it's interesting to see, the variations on the the scary st- the spooky stories they're telling each other the ghost stories and all this and it's like having um it's like having an episode of tales from the crypt like right in the middle of every episode i guess or mm-hmm. or even like a short black mirror episode almost it's like mm. it's very interesting the way that that it it operates so you kind of have the the inception, the, the, the scary story inside the scary story kind of thing. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting. And anyway, I think Flanagan is incredible and, and, uh, has become one of my, my favorite directors and showrunners and stuff. And, uh, so I'm willing to give him, um, more chance probably than I would if his name wasn't attached to it. Um, did you know, speaking of midnight mass, did you know how much Linklater is directing and wrote, an adaptation of downtown Al, the Klosterman book. No way. Okay. Yeah. All it's right. like T-Bone yeah. Burnett music and Ooh, Ed Harris okay. is in it. I mean, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, it sounds nice. awesome. So I'm going to tell you this room. the other day. Yeah. yeah. He's got his control room set. He did it, but he, <laughs> he has a green screen now so he can do non control room scenes from there. So wow. really that's a groundbreaking. Yeah. 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 Pretty that's groundbreaking. A game changer. Total game. Changer. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm excited that that has your endorsement. And that's uh that's great. What you got, Richard? I've got uh another sh- a show as well. Not, I know, not normally my thing, but uh season three of Dairy Girls already powered through it, one of my favorite shows. And uh sad that it's over. It's been a couple year break. That was one I kind of discovered early pandemic and have been waiting for season three, and it was hilarious and uh some great cameos as well. And uh it's a really funny show that takes place during the troubles in Dairy and London Dairy uh Northern Ireland. Um, and it's like a, you know, a high school hijinks during that really heavy time. Um, mm. and it's just really, really funny. The characters are, it's a really stupid, funny show. The characters are really 
it's very smart about how dumb the characters are and the actresses that play almost all the parts are just fantastic. Like Saoirse Monica Jackson, especially as she is a, a very beautiful young woman. Um, but she makes, she also has the dumbest face of all time. Like her face expression, facial expressions, <laughs> you know, um, the way she, she just, she's one of those people. I just start laughing the minute she, just her reactions kill me. So if you're looking for, it's like seven episodes a season. Um, and it, it ended really well. And the grandfather is one of the all time, all time grumpy characters ever, as is the, as is the nun that runs the high school that they're at. Just an in- total and complete legend. There's a scene in this new one where there's these two nerdy girls that um, always are trying to do like drama and they, you know, they always put on a little like public service announcements for the school and they're doing something about the Protestants and the Catholics coming together with the good Friday accords at the end. And the nun goes, thank you for that. Um, the, the, uh, the troubles of this time has been a really horrible one for this part of the world with tons of tragedies uh, that all stack up. And and now we can add your little sketch to that list. It's like that kind of, uh, <laughs> like it's just that kind of humor. It kills me. Um, so uh, yeah, I think Brian, especially you're a dialogue guy. It's pretty strong. Sweet. So, yeah, I mean, you might want to subtitle it, you know, the Irish accents rough in parts, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like if in Bruges was in a high school, it's great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. yeah I, I saw like, the, like I've seen the you know the whatever scroll through Netflix or whatever yeah. to see the that come up and I'm always like you know how I feel about period piece. I'm like, "Oh, nope, I'm out." Looks it looks it looks like that kind of thing. Not no, not, not into it. Not into it. So. It's not like super. It's just kind of like a little bit 90s-ish. Um Yeah. Okay. It's just yeah. But you know, there's like, they write a letter to Chelsea Clinton and things like that. But other than that, it's in their Did you phones. guys watch Pin 15? My wife's favorite show of all time. Yeah. Love Pin 15. That Similar. So daggum funny. It's oh my gosh. The yeah, when she does the drum solo in that one episode, those two girls are so funny. It's similar yes. to that. I would say it's not as cringe as that. That really relies on cringe, like Curb or something, in a good yeah. way. I wouldn't say it's quite as cringe as that, but they are definitely sister shows. Sweet. I'll check it out. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's a show that's nailed the late '90s awkward early aughts. Well, we are like Pen Fifteen has, and we are exactly their age. I think you know, yeah. you and I especially, Kent. Brian might even be like two years too old for Pen Fifteen. Like we all that mm. stuff. It's it's creepy how how period correct they got all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Plus, that show was so funny. I think that was only they only did like two seasons. They only did two seasons. The COVID really killed that one. They ended up doing one like animated episode and all that. It just never really. I think they only wanted to do two, but I think both of them are doing something else together and stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. all good. But man, Pen Fifteen is that's a really really funny show. But yeah, if you're into that, check out Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls is is laugh out loud funny. It was one of those my wife put on. Oh yeah, kind of the same as you, Brian. Oh, this looks kind of cute. They're funny, and then cut to like after 10 minutes i am locked in like let's watch another one let's watch another one those accidental shows you find are are really funny yeah hilarious another one my wife uh has found is american vandal did you guys watch that oh yeah i watched (laughs) that was legendary at some point yeah what was the dude's name in that the Uh, uh gosh What's the actor's name they spray paint every oh the actor oh jimmy jimmy tatro (laughs) yeah the guy, the main dude, yeah. that's the Vandal. 
Oh my gosh, he is so funny when he pops up and stuff, if he's used correctly. Uh, all right, I'm going to recommend a TV show that's starting season two. It's kind of a Halloween-adjacent recommend. Uh, have you, you you watched the Chucky series yet, Richard? I watched, yeah, I'm, I've seen season all of one? season one. Yeah, I, I yeah. caught up on that over the summer, but I've, I haven't, I know it's back. I'm excited, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, it's back. It, I think it's on sci-fi or something, but. No, it's on something gosh. weird. It's on like. Um, I thought it was on. Maybe it is. I always see commercials of it during soccer, so. Sci-fi. It says sci-fi on my. Okay. On, on here. It might be yeah, on something sci-fi else. Sci-fi is owned by, is one of those. Oh, those do you, yeah. NBC. It says it's on sci-fi and USA network. Yeah. That's why yeah, I see yeah. it during there soccer. Okay. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they probably aired on both. Yeah. The, um, gosh, it's might be the best Chucky thing that's ever. Oh yeah. It's great. Ever. Ha- ever. Like they nail the tone. <laughs> they bring back all the original people, uh, yeah. you know, creators, voices, characters. Oh my gosh. It's, per- it's perfect. It's great. So, so entertaining. Just the right amount of funny and scary and, 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 uh, gosh, it's, uh, it's great. It's a, it's a perfect like 30 minutes a week type of show during this type of year, time of year. It's great. Uh, so check it out. Chucky, the show on, uh, sci fi or USA. There you go. All right. There's the recommends and, uh, there's Amsterdam talk for you here on the main feed. We'll continue the scary, spooky movie conversations with Brian and I as we talk John Carpenter's The Thing, 40-year anniversary of that, coming up on the VIP feed this week. So subscribe, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP to get that and our hundreds of more episodes that we have on that feed. But we'll be back on the main feed next week with more movie talk. Until then, see you at the cinema. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya the They're calling again. 